This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Better Cast Saul, the officially unofficial podcast for Better Call Saul on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Alexis. And today we're talking about Season 6, Episode 2, titled Carrot and Stick. Mm, oh, what carrots. Oh, what sticks. Yes. Big. A very big stick. Oh, I love it. I love it so what, much. What is the phrase? Eat carrots and carry a big stick? Uh-huh. Eat softly. Carry a big carrot. <laughs> That's my philosophy. Uh, this is the return of the Kettlemans. Yes. A.K.A. Return of the Kettlemans. Glorious, if infuriating score. Return of the Kettlemans. Yeah, I, I did love seeing them back. Uh, what do you think of this episode? I loved it. It was, I mean, it's a little unfair to judge the first episode because they were just kind of setting up a lot of stuff. But in terms of like my satisfaction after leaving it, I, yeah. I really enjoyed this episode, especially that final scene with Kim. Oh, my God. Yeah, there were essentially two scenes I liked from the first one. Um like like really really liked uh, mm-hmm. the first one and then the uh scene where Jimmy's scamming in the country Naturally. club yeah this time i felt like at least half of the scenes were very entertaining yes uh, everything with the kettlemans was great mm-hmm. uh the nacho stuff was a little bit more interesting like yeah a lot of the time he's still just waiting a lot <laughs> of the time but like yeah. toward the end of it it gets more interesting and all the stuff that Mike was doing, I guess, which is kind of like directly related to mm-hmm. the Nacho stuff. That's the most interesting part of that stuff. Setting setting more stuff up. Yeah. And it sets up like big questions that I have. Like, what the hell are you mm-hmm. doing, Gus? Uh, yeah. It's, yeah. When we get to those scenes, I would like to ask you that question because I have no <laughs> idea what his plan is. And th- th- that's what I love this show the most is when, yeah. like, I know that they've thought of something clever right. and more clever than I can come up with after watching it, mm-hmm. even after they've given me clues. Um, and yeah, I, I just thought this episode was pretty excellent all around. My favorite thing is whenever things almost make sense, but yeah. not quite. And that that gap is like where suspense lives. It's amazing. Yeah. Like I see what That's you're doing the drama. with this and that, but it's leading up to this and I don't know why you would do that. That seems <laughs> crazy. Yes. Very yeah. satisfying. Uh, all right. Well, uh, do you have anything else to say about this uh, episode generally, or should we get into the recap? Let's just get into the recap. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, we open on Nacho's place in Albuquerque, where his girls are having what amounts to a blast while he's gone. Mike, Tyrus, and a safecracker come by to kick the girls out and do a switcheroo. Got something against dominoes? I don't. I what don't. amounts to a blast? Well, she is definitely having a blast. Girl on the couch, I think, is a little more mellow. I don't know that she's really having a blast. But I don't know that she's high. That's the thing. She's like, high in a different way, I think. She's low. Well, okay, but whenever somebody's been smoking the dojo, you don't say if they're low, you say if they're high, right? I called it doja. That's right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I see you looking at me. I mean, I knew what you meant. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. One of them is definitely having a different reaction. She's bouncing off the walls. She's bouncing tweaking, off the dominoes. Sure. Oh yeah, she's on that. She's on that stepped on. Whatever they sell. Yeah, she's borderline overdosing on fentanyl or something. <laughs> uh, she's gone crazy, and yeah, the, I mean the the whole house is like ruined trying to think how long nacho has been gone it's been like two days maybe i mean yeah the time it takes to get to wherever the hell they were in mexico so they left in the middle of the night they get there in the day Mm -hmm. i don't think it took more than one full day to drive there so i feel like it probably hasn't been more than a few days but they are like they're ordering food in they've got munchies there's cereal just like everywhere yeah. yeah, this house is ruined. Like, you can't. <laughs> it's a good thing Nacho's not coming home because he has to buy a new house. Uh, wow. Can't ruined? salvage it. Yeah, All burn right. it to the okay. ground. Okay, well, we'll see where that goes. Yeah. <laughs> it is going to get more ruined as we progress. Uh, but yeah, the, the thing that's happening here is like Mike showing up, right? Yep. And then he's here to crack the safe. Sort through it. My impression of what Mike is doing here is that he is scrubbing this place clean of anything that might tie Nacho to Gus, Mm -hmm. making sure there isn't anything incriminating in his safe, and then replacing the safe and all the money and hinting at where Nacho is to the people he knows are coming later, uh, Salamaca's guys. And nobody would suspect that this had happened because this is crazy. This yeah. is a crazy amount of work to go through. <laughs> it is, yeah. And that's what I always love about Gus. Like, Gus goes overboard with just yeah. making his plans absolutely perfect. I don't understand. To the letter. I have a question. Yeah. Why didn't they just get somebody to, like, crack the safe a more conventional way? Maybe it's hard. I don't know. Maybe it's hard. Yeah. Maybe he has the best safe. Because Charlize Theron's not available mm, mm-hmm. for casting. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's a reference to something. Good pull. Italian job. Ah. I think she's a safe cracker in Italian job. I don't know. Ooh, don't quote me because I, I won't <laughs> quote you. No, you're right. It's a ton of work, but A, that's what I love. And B. It's very gus. You're right. This is like so above and beyond. No one would ever suspect. Mm-mm. As a matter of fact, like. I'm not even sure why they don't take some of that money. Because, like, who's to say how much money Nacho has? You could take half of it and sure. be like, this is the cost. This covers the cost of the safe and the man hours to mm-hmm. replace it and cut into it and hire the guy to crack it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, 
could have taken a couple stacks. Who who would notice? Who would no notice? one. Nobody. They don't know how much he has. Nacho's never coming back here, right? No. I highly suspect he isn't. There was one nice little detail. Mike pocketed his Nacho's dad's Canadian ID. But leaves nachos behind. Oh, did he take it? Yeah. Okay, he, I he wasn't put sure. It in his pocket. Mm-hmm. So he's trying. He's still trying to keep people who aren't in the game out of the game. Yeah. It's admirable. Yeah, for sure. You can definitely tell he doesn't want Nacho's dad mixed up in this. And yet he's still <laughs> planting a letter that's going to lead everybody straight to Nacho. <sighs> Not a letter, a this big is, statement. This is the what the fuck question that I yeah. have. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I listened to the Insider podcast, and their sort of loose explanation for this was basically like, it was out of his hands. He couldn't do anything. He wasn't in charge of the call, so he just went along with it. But that seems very against his character. Wait, what was the excuse? Who was, it was, the excuse what was, out was of his that, The excuse was that Gus told him to do it, so he did it. Yeah, no, that that's fine. Like Mike leaving the thing pointing him at Nacho mm-hmm. is part of Gus's plan, but to what end? Like that's the crazy thing to me is like over the course of this episode, we understand if they get a hold of Nacho, they can directly link this to Gus, take Nacho to Eladio, have mm-hmm. him confess, like torture it out of him, and then Yeah. And then Eladio's gonna kill Gus. Like why would Gus want to point them to where Nacho is? That's the craziest thing to me. And there's got to be a reason that you can't just gloss over that and say like, oh, well, he thought Hector would kill him, (laughs) not not keep him alive and try and squeeze information out of him. It makes no sense. Yeah, that he would just immediately kill him. Right. No, he would he would try and figure out like Juan Bolsa wouldn't let him. Right. Because Juan called him last episode and says, we're going to find out. We're going to get Nacho and find out who he's working for. Like, yeah. Is it possible that the that the amazing Gustavo Frank could be like minimalizing his his danger here. Like maybe he I mean he does that occasionally, sure. He does. But like not in ways this sloppy. Not not in like I I don't know. If if he were just like, oh I'm that these idiots aren't gonna find figure <laughs> anything out and I'm just gonna flaunt it. It I doesn't seem like Gus to me. Gus dots all his eyes and crosses all his eyes as well. He does, so so why the hell did he give up Nacho? I don't know. It's the way. number one question I have coming out of this episode is what is his plan? Because yeah. it can't be just what we saw here. No. Because it's not a plan. It's a stupid plan. It is a stupid plan. It puts, it puts Nacho plan. right in the hands of the people that he doesn't want him to be in the hands of. Yeah. And he's a squealer. You can tell Nacho's a squealer. <laughs> Bless him. Maybe. He's a, he's a bunny. Yeah. Yeah. This was Tuco. Maybe not, but... No, Tuco would just stare and then, yeah. like, cut your face open or something. <laughs> Smash it into the table. All right. We have the show theme. And then mm-hmm. we are cutting to Jimmy and Kim at the apartment workshopping new ads for Saul Goodman. Kim seems unimpressed with his copy. Yeah, and comes up with um, better ideas. Mm-hmm. As she does now. She does. I was waiting for... That little line from the trailer for the season where she's like, Saul Goodman fights for you, but apparently that's coming mm. later. Gotcha. Uh, the line she does deliver is, you are going to hate this. And I can't, I hear that line and I can't help but wonder, is this, 
is she subconsciously punishing Jimmy? I've thought that a couple of times. Like she yeah. could have come up with another idea, but the idea she came up with just happens to also punish him. Just happens to also make him have to deal with the irritating people. I'm wondering yeah. if there's a little bit of that in there because she's put he's put her through so much shit. All of this stuff. Series. I feel like as soon as he did what he did going into the desert with Carto and she mm-hmm. like could not have been clearer. God, right? I do not want you to I don't like this. I do not want you to do this. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I'm doing it. So where are we at? Right. Uh, Yeah. I feel like ever since then, she has had just a little bit of a chip on her shoulder, reasonably, maybe. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's part of the reason why she is endorsing, like, whole hog, the Saul Goodman thing. Just maybe she has a morbid curiosity of how far he actually will go if he hasn't (laughs) impeded in any way. Yeah. You know? Could be. Could be. And the look on her face is like, I know she's excited to have figured out a way to pull this off. But there's also something I read something else into it. Maybe this is just me reading too much into it, but definitely like a smile on her face when she says, you're going to hate this. Ray's doing some amazing stuff yeah. with her face. Oh, she's always just great. Always, but especially now that she is going to the dark side a little bit. Yeah. Oh, it's so, it's so much fun to watch. I'm all for it. Uh, okay. We are cutting to Gus and Tyrus. At the chicken trailer, once again, where Tyrus has laid out the whole uh, investigation for Gus. All on the table. Just pictures and blood and all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. And dental work. All yeah, that. Tyrus mention- mentions that the dental records match. Ugh. Which is how I knew for sure that I was right in the first episode. Right. Yeah. yeah. The body double stuff. Yep. Yeah, uh, I find it hilarious every time someone says Don Juan because <laughs> I'm a child. Well, yeah, I me too. They said Don Juan, and I I looked at you like, what? Who's yeah. that? Bolsa, Bolsa, obviously. Yep. Uh, and they have another thought about how they might keep the peace. We end up finding out that that is Gus apologizing <sighs> to Hector. Which, now later, weird, terrible. Yeah. I don't, I don't think anybody took that scene seriously, right? Like, except for Juan. Juan, Juan is such a dummy. Juan is really... Now, he's the one who is very good at deluding himself that yeah. everything's okay. He wants so desperately to believe that everything is okay. Yep. And the other thing about this this scene is, like, this is the the inciting thing where Gus realizes, okay, I can kill two birds with one stone, right? I can go over and apologize to Hector. Mm-hmm. And maybe that smooths things over. Maybe it doesn't. It doesn't matter because what I'm also there to do, like the main event is for me to look this man in the eyes, be the human lie detector, pull out Mm -hmm. a little Tuco action and determine is Lalo alive? Can I, can I get him to slip up and tell me just through his reaction to me? If he knows something. If he knows. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why he says, you know, I think I have another thought about how to keep the peace. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, it it does two things here, which I always love. Yeah, fair point. Next, we are cutting to a few familiar inflated faces and egos in the form of Puffy Lady Liberty and the Kettlemans. The Kettlemans. <laughs> the Puffy Kettlemans. They're a little, oh, a little no, puffier. Oh, no, no, no. Lady Liberty is puffy. Puffier. Lady, I knew. 
I knew you were going to go here when I use the word puffy. Lady Liberty is puffy. Everybody else is fine. Aging is a natural process. What, what's his name? I mean, they pointed out in the episode, right? They're like, oh, Corey I can see it's, it's, you know, <laughs> the joint has been good for you or whatever. Right. He's not. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if he's less fit or more fit. Can't tell with the big sweater he's got on. But The implication is that he's more fit. Yeah. Yeah. Which is not puffy, I don't think. Puffy is like morning after a night of ramen and yeah. Ramen? Yeah, man. Ramen make your face puffy. What? Ramen totally makes your face, but it's the salt. Makes your face puffy. <laughs> You're looking at me like you've never I've heard never... such a thing in your life. No. Hmm. Never. All right. Well, that explains Google why it. we don't eat it often enough. <laughs> I eat it too much. Uh, yes, the Statue of Liberty inflatable is the best thing. This is the is one. Is it the that, same one? Do you think? I, th- I think this is the one that I think, or maybe the one that he gets later is better because this one is pretty sad. It's, it's pretty sad. Talk about puffy. It's very puffy. Those arms. Those arms are got awful. some mega arms. Yeah. And they they taper down like a smooth like an octopus <laughs> arm or something. <laughs> it's not like oh I can see the quite a bit distinct... more tentacular. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't like it. Into the torch, which is the point. Yeah. It's. Uh, I also don't like this trailer. This weird like. It wants to be a cathedral of justice, but instead it's just a a sad American trailer. Yeah. No, th- I mean this is giving Saul all kinds of ideas, right? These first two episodes are giving him ideas everywhere. The first oh, yeah. one, Kim suggesting he gets a fancy car and the Cathedral of Justice, like you said. Here we're seeing the genesis of the Lady Liberty outside. I heard a line. Uh, I, I don't remember if it was from a preview or a trailer or one of those like, oh, in this season, blah, blah, blah. Like maybe I watched that and you didn't. But there was a line that what Colonel Sanders is to chicken, Saul Goodman is to justice <laughs> great <laughs> and i really good. love that and it's very accurate oh, that's yeah. all i can think of when i see this puffy lady liberty also his tie is all it's it's bad but not in the same way that his ties are usually bad like the pattern itself is really terrible hmm. it looks like the cool s got really sad <laughs> okay <I'm, laughs> i can't picture that quite okay. but does you know, you, like you listening, you know what I'm talking are. about. Uh, it, vaguely. Because that's what I think of when I think of sad. Yeah. It was, it, it's lumpy and misshapen and droopy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. So what the hell actually happens in this scene? Uh, Jimmy goes in and uh, Miss Kettleman says, get the fuck <laughs> out of here. Like, I've never seen someone act Such an this immediate, much. aggressive reaction right? to Saul Goodman, yes. She's fantastic. I love her in this. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he comes in and says, hey, I might have a case mm-hmm. against Howard and intrigues him. Like, that's what I love about Jimmy's plots his schemes he's always like he's always about just the planting the seeds of curiosity yep. and then when people inevitably come back to him he knows he's got him hooked right mm-hmm. it's it's beautiful he plays off people's greed every and, time. and the way he does it is so smooth too like um it, it, you know this, this him going to them and saying uh like okay you gotta you gotta sign these things right um and he gets them to sign them is that, is that in this scene? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. the end of this scene. 
he get, he gets them to sign these papers and they're like, I don't care what you sign, what we signed, mm-hmm. we're you're fired. And after he tells them like, hey, I've got this case because right. uh, Howard might have been on cocaina, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the coca. <laughs> Call me, call me off guard with that one. Uh, th- then they're like, "You're fired," and we're going to other lawyers. And and when they say that, he's like, "Don't bother," because the <laughs> moment you mention my name, I automatically yes. get a cut. Uh-huh. Pretty much guaranteeing that they're not going to mention his name, which is exactly, exactly what he wants. Yeah, they, they need these people to go to Cliff with a case, not just Cliff. Drop all of the. Law oh, that helps around. actually. Yeah, within like a ten mile I radius. Didn't even think about that. Yeah, they are. They're salting the earth. Salting the earth. They are defaming Howard essentially to yeah. every every office. We just happened. We got to see what happened with Cliff. I think that was their first stop. I mean, after that's their this. primary objective, right? Because they want the settlement yeah. money from Sandpiper, so mm-hmm. they need Cliff to break off the you know the case against Sandpiper, right. um, the HHM part of that, and just settle the case to be done with it mm-hmm. uh, so they can get the money. So, so yeah, that's their primary objective. But, yeah, I didn't even think about, like, oh, going around all the lawyers in the city. And he's, <laughs> basically, and he's basically coached them on what to say in terms of yeah. accusing Howard. They're like, oh, the... Uh, we'll find all that in discovery. Right. They, almost word for word. It's I'm I'm skipping ahead of scene a little bit, but they repeat this. But but he also knows like how much they hate him, specifically yeah. how much she hates him. Yes. And by saying like the moment you mention my name, I mm-hmm. get a cut. He knows she's not going to say anything about him. It was perfectly designed. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And the smile at the end lets you know that all he really wanted mm-hmm. was one these letters of engagement to prove that they did talk to him. There's something there. Oh yeah. I feel so? like those might be important later on. And two, yeah, salting the earth. In terms of Howard's image. Yeah. And making sure that Cliff can not take this case, but still see them and get the information about Howard that they want to plant. Right. Mm -hmm. It's a good, it's a good plan. It's subtle. It seems like it was destined to work based on everything we know. That's what I love about Better Call Saul. (laughs) They always have these ways of taking, like gathering up all the information we know Mm -hmm. and then coming up with the most intricate path through that forest of information to like this perfect scheme. Yes. It's, it's great. It's amazing to watch unfold. And I, I got a lot of, I actually got a lot from watching the show up till now in, Mm -hmm. in a binge fashion. Yeah. I feel like it was much easier to see the flow of how things happen yeah, and just totally. how, what you were talking about, just how beautiful and intricate and subtle all these weird little schemes end up being and how they yeah. play into the future. Mm-hmm. It was very nice. I'm looking forward to watching this season again that way, just all together. Yeah, once it's over, it'd be nice to go back and just binge Connect watch this. Because I, I did yeah, come away with missed. a, I was talking about this when I talked with Pete, with Pete Peppers. Yeah. Came away with a new, uh, just appreciation for better call us all in general mm-hmm. um it's it's different like podcasting about it every week when you're like man they spent so much of this hour <laughs> just fucking around with nacho right. you know like running north toward the border the great or thing sitting is, in a hotel room and, I feel and like i'm trying not to do that always, yeah. because i know that on rewatch this all hangs together and they always have a point to what they're doing it's they not do. yeah pointless yeah whether it's establishing mood or 
just giving you a little bit more insight into a character that ends up being useful totally. two seasons down the road and you, you didn't even know. Right. Yeah, that's that's the stuff that's pretty magical on a rewatch. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Nacho, we're cutting right back to him sweating in this shitty little hotel room. <laughs> yeah, he's, is this where he's like pacing up and down and climbing the walls and he can't even sit for two days yes. when his life depends on exactly. it? Exactly, yes. He is much more twitchy than I think I ever expected him to be. Uh, I guess he just doesn't trust anybody, right? Like he doesn't yeah. trust that Gus isn't screwing him. He doesn't trust that the cops aren't on to him or that- peeking out the window. Yeah, like he's kind of giving himself away. It's, but that ends up being useful in the future. Yeah. So I can't completely fault him for it. But at the time I was like, what the hell are you doing? You're showing your face. Anybody with binoculars has got your, got your number, man. There's a guy outside, but it's not. The guy we see later. It's not it's the guy we see later. Just it's just some, some crusty old dude smoking <laughs> ground butts. <laughs> it's gross. Smoking ground butts. Yep. Uh, the context for that is he picked up a cigarette butt or something off the ground. But yes, ground butts. I mm-hmm. like it. It's perfect. Really not much to say here other than Nacho is going crazy. And he sees a potential spy hole. And also someone's been leaving him food is interesting yeah i think that's intentional they yeah he knew that would happen yeah but he's in he's obviously in full like caged animal mode i mean you can't stand it so next we go to the offices of davis in maine mm-hmm. uh, where the kettlemans have gone straight to cliff to tattle on howard yeah uh th- the thing i come away from it with is i'm surprised by cliff's I don't know if it's his willingness to give Howard the benefit of the doubt. I don't know if it's naivete. I don't know if it's... Some kind of weird field solidarity thing. Maybe. He just... He doesn't... He's not connecting the dots really here um, as much as I expected him to. I guess they do linger on that final shot, right? Because when he comes... when. What's her name? Aaron comes Aaron. in, uh, the prepubescent uh, <laughs> intern or whatever they call her. God, yeah. Uh, when she comes in, he's playing guitar and just noodling. Mm-hmm. And then they have this meeting with the Kettlemans, and he says, I can't take the case because it's a conflict of interest. He's working on this other case, which is brilliant. Kim obviously knew that would be yeah, his reaction, so he couldn't ever take the case. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when they leave, he's got he goes back to his guitar, but he doesn't start playing again. He's just kind of looking out the window. Yeah, he goes to to stroke a couple of notes, and then he like stops. Which and is him going, hmm, maybe, Coke. yeah, wondering right? if there is a little bit more to it because I don't know what he's thinking in terms of what he saw the day before. Then it had to have been like the day before. Yeah, no, I think he's he's piecing it together. I, I think what the way he reacts in front of the Kettleman's is different because like you said, he doesn't want to throw a fellow respected lawyer under the bus. Yeah. Like say, Oh yeah, I've some Coke dropped out of his locker <laughs> the other day. Right. Yeah. He's not the type to do that. He's much more, not even just careful, but like he's an okay person, uh-huh. I guess. Oh yeah. He's one of the better people in this show. <laughs> yeah. It's the best I can tell. I think you're right. Uh, but it's hilarious when the Kettleman's are trying to describe like, okay, he's, yeah, he's taking Coke while mm-hmm. he was representing us. And he's like, ah, it doesn't sound like the guy I know. And how yeah. do you find out this information? 
Mr. Kettleman's like, oh, it's just it's common yard. knowledge in the yard. The yard and the yeah, and Cliff and Aaron are like the yard. All right. Yep. Good stuff. Very believable. I I always wonder this with Kim and Jimmy's schemes, to what extent they actually understand what is going through people's heads. Because I don't know if they, if this is part of the plan that Cliff would not just immediately go off the deep end upon seeing cocaine fall out of a, uh, what do you call him? A colleague's locker. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, do they know they that he's going to have a good grasp on minimize it? And that, I wonder that he's, what? that he's minimizing it. And I wonder how long he's going to minimize it and if that yeah. might be part of the scheme in some way. They're going to prove that Cliff knew about it. Oh, boy. See? And then they're like, because his clients came to Cliff. Part of it, I think it'll just be part of it. Like, Like oh, see, even even other lawyers knew about it or something. Could be. I don't know. I don't know. I think they're all, I think they're gathering gathering the tools. Yeah, they're definitely planting seeds um, all over the place. Yeah. And watering them. Seed bombs. Seed yep. bombs everywhere. Uh, okay. In our next scene, we find ourselves in the hospice facility where Juan Bolsa and Gus visit Hector to give a lot of lip service toward cartel solidarity after this recent tragedy. This is the handshake scene? It's the handshake scene. Yeah. This is the, the dual purpose thing I was talking mm-hmm. about. Come here and eh, maybe smooth things over. Who cares? But really here to find out. Is Lalo alive? Yeah, and Hector just immediately gives it away because he's he's done Hector. You can't not when yeah. he has something. He's just like a a mean spirited schoolboy, you know. Mm-hmm. So he has this confident smile when he shakes Gus's hand, and of course, Gus knows that not all is as it seems. Who does he call Mike and say Lalo Salamanca is alive? Lives, lives. That is, that's a good question. I didn't think about it. Who did he call? It's probably Mike. It's either Mike or Who Tyrus. Who else could he and, call? Yeah. Tyrus yeah. seems to be his right-hand man right now. Like Mike is... I feel like Mike's putting up too much of a fight for yeah. Gus's liking. Yeah, he... He's not just rolling with the plan and willing to do anything. Right. It's the same plus the friction Ziegler. that's been between them. From the very start. Yeah, plus he has all that baggage on his head now. Yeah, I forgot all about that. Yeah. He's, he's definitely like at arm's length. Still trusted, but yeah. Right. He's still respected. Still I think respected. Is the most important thing, yeah. But not unmurderable. For sure. Although nobody in Gus's employ is unmurderable, as it turns out. I did wonder, like, because, because it takes a good long while. You know, this is this is a very better call Saul scene. It takes a good long while for Hector to get his hand out there to shake it. <laughs> Yeah, I was fully expecting some half-hearted, like, jerk-off motion or something, because (laughs) I am also, yeah, a a mean-spirited schoolboy. Yeah, and (laughs) these guys hate each other, right? But Hector's trying to act like, oh, yeah, everything's fine, and he's trying to trick Gus here, and he's not good enough at it to trick him. I don't even know that he's trying to trick him. I think he... I think he likes watching Gus sweat. Yeah. So I think he was not... I don't. I don't know that he actually gave a shit whether or not he revealed that Lalo was still alive. Well, I thought he was going to give a shit, like literally. <laughs> I, I thought he was going to shit himself, just like saw he does. his face screwing up, and you're like, uh-huh. "Oh, I know that face. That's poop face." <laughs> right. 
Everybody stand Somebody's back. about to poop pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but apparently not. This was this was also good. It, it was fine. It was fine. And it evokes that too, right? Like everybody, mm-hmm. everybody was sitting there. It wasn't just me. Everybody's sitting there going, oh God, this is going to be gross or something, you know? Yeah. And then just a handshake. I think the show knows what it's doing. Oh, absolutely. Uh, let's see. Okay. Then we are cutting back to Nacho's house, which has been freshly torn apart by, we're assuming, the Salamanca's men. Oh, and Juan Bols is there too, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they they find the lead that Gus's folks planted in the safe. And again, I'm thinking, what the hell? Why would Gus want to point them to Nacho? Because, the yeah, there's a bank statement. That's what was in the safe. That's what they planted. It was a bank statement from Cayman Islands transactions. And at the very bottom is a phone number. It starts with 5-2. It's Mexico. And it goes straight to the Ocotillo. Which is where Nacho's currently staying. Yes. Yeah, it's it's wild. Um, at first, I thought, oh, they're planting a whole bunch of Cayman Islands accounts with a bunch of money in it to make it look like Nacho was the guy who stole all that cartel money that that Mike actually stole, mm-hmm. right? Because Mike, remember, Mike, a few seasons back, two seasons at least, uh, stole a bunch of money from Hector's trucks, like yep. went and cut tires open. Yeah, because he was bunch pissed of, off at him, so he interrupted his chain of supply yeah. right for like killing civilians and all that stuff mm-hmm. um threatening his family and that's kind of yeah. what spun this whole thing off right like who is hitting our stuff like it must be gus and and mm-hmm. it, it was causing problems for gus because hector was pointing the finger at him right um so i was wondering like is he trying to point the finger back at nacho and He's say trying to completely throw him this is bus. where all your money went yeah but then he includes that phone number and that's the that's the big question mark. The I just thing. don't know why that's necessary mm-hmm. or even advisable. Why? 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 Why would you want the Salamancas to catch Nacho? I honestly can't think of anything. Because which... if he says, like, they're so against Gus already. If he, if mm-hmm. he says even a little bit about Gus, they're going to believe him. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how and much. And going to go after Gus. Yeah, and, I don't know much how how much Gus can say. Oh no, he's just lying. Mm-hmm. When they already kind of half have it out for him, they're just waiting for an excuse. Basically, it's I mean, a weird this, choice. This is too early for like a bring it on kind of moment, and and that's not Gus's style. Gus mm-hmm. doesn't say, "Yeah, I, yeah, I did this. What are you going to do about it?" Gus makes you think he never did it. Right. Keeps his hands clean. Yeah. At all times. So I, I'm shocked by it. Except for glass we'll, occasionally. <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll see more of it later, I I assume. I, I Yeah, obviously. And uh, hey, speaking of Nacho, we're going back to him in his sweaty little hotel room where Still the AC sweating. does not work. Yeah. Uh, he can't take the pressure and noisily goes out the back way. He confronts the guy who's been watching him. There's some phone communication and then all hell breaks loose. Yeah, I love, um, there's a subtle moment here where Nacho sees the guy is watching him mm-hmm. from one of the outbuildings and he picks up his phone to go call his dude, right? And say, hey, they're watching me. Right. And he thinks better of it, goes out the back and then makes the call after he's taken this guy uh, hostage mm-hmm. and uses the phone call to prove that it's actually Gus who is watching him. Is watching him. Or we think 
because he didn't he doesn't end up answering that call. So we are led to believe that it is yeah, Gus's people. I mean, unless it's just a coincidence in. that the guy's phone rings at the like the moment after Nacho hangs up and says, yeah. "I'm going to do something crazy." Right. <laughs> uh, it would be then, a huge yeah. coincidence. I I would hope that that's what they're intimating is that Gus's guy has been who's watching. But them. again, to what end are they? Oh, Ooh, oh maybe this is making more sense. Okay, so use Nacho as bait. Mm-hmm. Um, to bait out the heavy hitters of the Salamancas. So mm-hmm. say, you know, because Gus knows where Nacho is. He doesn't need somebody watching Nacho. They're delivering food to his front door. They could just right. be sitting out in their Jeeps watching him. Yeah. Uh, but if you have somebody covertly watching Nacho, they could be waiting. Like Gus could direct Hector's guys, probably the cousins, out mm-hmm. to Nacho and then be waiting so that they can send in like a hit squad after they grab Nacho to take all of them out. Mm. Kill two birds with one stone. Again, something Gus loves to do, right? He does. Yeah, he loves efficiency. That's good. I might have just figured it out. He was trying to lure them, lure out his assassins so that he could take them out so there would be even less of a threat. But then that starts this whole cycle up again, right? It's like, yeah. okay, who's who did that? And I also have to wonder, so I, I say all hell breaks loose. By that, I mean... Nacho goes out the back and suddenly people are on him, basically. Yeah, yeah the cousins come And it in seems like of... there are two groups here. The cousins mm-hmm. and then everybody else. Who is who are those other people? Um I Because think the other people didn't the... have the same marching orders as the cousins. The cousins were told to take him alive. I think this is one of those things where the plan is poorly communicated ahead uh, of time. Okay. It's just like or, or we're like, you know, you get a cowboy in the group, right? <laughs> Who's like, yeehaw, and he's shooting off his pistols. And, yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you get, yeah, you just get a wild, a loose cannon, right? Sure. Some guy who's taking it on him, himself to go in there and try and clean up, finish the job. And they were like, no, we told you alive. Because all they say is alive. alive. They don't even say, yeah. hey, we said this before the mission. We mm-hmm. want this guy alive. They're just like, alive. Yeah, that's maybe my impression. That, that's fair. This guy forgot that the orders were to take right. Nacho alive. We're getting geared up for the sixth annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off Badass Season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints, except it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre. We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, (laughs) now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim, order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar, then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved a venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. 
It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. Oh man, so Nacho ends up ramming two cars, mm-hmm. front and back, ram in reverse and then ram in forwards. And gets away, but he has a flat, and we yeah. learn later that he abandoned the truck. Mm-hmm. So he didn't get away very far. No, he's out there in the wind. Like, he's out there in the fucking the desert the again. Yeah. Uh, I I do wonder where Lalo is. Right, we haven't seen Lalo this entire episode. No, he's out collecting the proof. Collecting the proof again, whatever that could mean. Right. I'm with you now on that. I. I have no idea. I have no clue what could possibly tie Gus to Nacho yeah. at this point. <sighs> I guess we're going to see. Mm-hmm. All right. Next, we go to Jimmy getting a late night phone call with someone fired up about something. Kim says she wants to come. Uh, and they have different opinions on what will work on this particular client, the carrot or the stick. Yeah. Um. And they're both, they both end up being a little bit right. But mostly Kim. You can you can see Kim not trusting Jimmy, right? His methods, yeah. To because she's like, oh, you're gonna give them money or whatever, and he's like, yeah, trust me, I know these people. The the it's you want to sweeten the pot or whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, especially with her. Um, I, I think like he kind of understands her, but I think he underestimates how much she hates him. <laughs> like to be clear, we're talking about Betsy Kettleman again. Yeah. That's who is called. I don't, yeah. I don't think I said that in the beginning, but um, so I think like I don't know. She's she's definitely right to go on this, right? Because mm-hmm. we see in the next scene, Jimmy would it have works failed perfectly. Yeah, with if, her if he went there with just the carrot, right? Mm-hmm. They needed the stick, but like I, I don't know. I don't know. You you can tell that Kim is losing faith in Jimmy and yeah. his abilities. He's too soft. He's too yeah. soft. She needs a hard man now. Yeah, apparently. Apparently. Uh, that's basically it for that scene. Um, we're man, we are back in the back in the chicken trailer. Actually, we're seeing a sniper with really terrible muzzle awareness. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet Mike left and Aiming right. right at Mike, yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that was an intentional shot. It had to have been. And Gus, Tyrus, and Mike are discussing Nacho's fate once again. Yeah, Gus orders Mike to bring Nacho's dad. Uh, no, he doesn't order Mike. He orders Tyrus. To bring his dad in. To bring his dad in, and Mike refuses to let that happen. Flat out refuses, yeah. And, and there's a... We don't even... We don't even really get the resolution of this because like Nacho calls him and Gus lets him answer the phone. Yeah. And then he says, look, it's not my call. 
mm-hmm. to, to bring you in or not, I think is what they're implying. And then Nacho asks to talk with Gus and he agrees. Yep. And we don't really get to see anything else other than that. I, yeah. for one, I would like to call a little bit of bullshit on the fact that we can't hear the other side of this conversation because mm-hmm. that man is old and you know he's got his phone volume cranked. <laughs> <laughs> literally as high as it can go yeah. especially on those little flip phones give me a break but it's fine i get it it's a tv show plus the cop a lot of gunfire throughout yeah, his life absolutely absolutely just like training alone with guns is enough to mess up your hearing mm-hmm. yeah i call i call bs <laughs> and i also call bs that gustavo fring would put a handkerchief full of little glass shards right back in his pocket. What? Shake it out. Man must be... He didn't shake it out. He didn't shake it out. It's true. He he picked up, number one, glass shards with his bare hands. What are you doing, man? And number two, he like wipes off his hand lightly with his handkerchief and just puts it right back in his pocket. That is a nasty surprise waiting for you. And we've seen Gus many times cleaning things up off the floor like that's his job his job is to walk around and clean shit up off the ground we see him with his you know bucket his dustpin dustbin on a stick mm-hmm. and his broom constantly walking around the parking lot scooping stuff up right and here he's just gonna do it with his hands he's, he's Th- this is a lot up. like the chicken fryer though right like yeah. the, the one that i talked about last episode right. where lyle was uh, washing it and scrubbing it, not good enough, right? Mm-hmm. This is a manifestation of his mental state. It's not It's not like how Gus would normally act. Oh, a, of course. Gus normally wouldn't knock that glass off the table. No. And, and Gus knocking a glass off the table is like Nacho punching a hole in the wall and kicking down, kicking down like a bedroom door or something, <laughs> right? Basically, yeah. Like Gus has a, an oopsie accident. Then he is clearly shaken up. Uh, right. Far, far past what he's used to. Yeah. Um, and him cleaning it up without the use of a, a broom or whatever. Is it was the actions like of a madman. So that's how I know he's sweating. Yeah, totally. Absolutely insane. And now, finally, oh, the scene. Yeah. For the final scene of the episode, we find ourselves back at the Kettleman's very weird tax prep business. We are treated to Jimmy and Kim, good cop, bad copping, carrot and sticking their way into an agreement with the pair. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing about the interactions with the Kettlemans, I think throughout the series, is every time they interact with Jimmy and they talk about lawyers, They in this scene and the scene at the beginning of this episode, they say like, when referring to other lawyers, that they're real lawyers, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> she says, real, <laughs> legitimate. We went to four real, legitimate lawyers. Yes. And they told us this. Uh yeah, I just love how she points that out at every opportunity. <laughs> she does. She really likes to she likes to stab with her words. Uh-huh. And never and never gets stabbed in return. And I like that she's no dummy, too. Uh, mm-hmm. she just nails the motivation here, right? Like you guys want. Yeah, you, no, she she accused them of everything that they're guilty of, right. just like the De Guzman lawyers uh-huh. <laughs> earlier in the episode. Yeah, it's the thing that's so brilliant about Jimmy's plans most of the time is yeah, you can see through them, but so does that works. mean you're not on the hook? Right. Like, oh, a worm, you know, a fish that sees it's on a hook is still on a hook, right? Absolutely. I got the sense through most of this scene that Jimmy feels a little bit guilty for yeah. basically bringing in the bulldog. 
in the form uh-huh. of Kim. Why? Why? These people are not yeah, good these people. Are terrible people. They're terrible people. Betsy Kettleman could put on a fucking a workshop on being really, really terrible and not owning up to your mistakes. Yeah. It's incredible. And then the the kicker here that I'm I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be piecing together, but every client you see is a very old. Yes. Looks like kind of infirmed. Mm-hmm. And I think they're both Native American, the two that you see, which to me says they like set up a, a cheat tax operation yes. on a reservation yes. in New Mexico, taking advantage of old ass Native Americans. It's about the worst. It's about yeah. the worst. And Kim calls them out on it. <laughs> right, as she Beautifully. should. Oh my God. That, that part of the scene was very cathartic yeah. for me because I feel very similarly to Kim about the Kettleman's, which is to say, you were not victims. No. You were perpetrators. And they're like, we lost everything. And- <laughs> no, no, you didn't. You still have a house and clothes and kids and everything. Like, you're right. fine. Yeah. And also this shady ass business. Right. I, I almost wonder if this is even the IRS criminal investigations. I was uh, wondering who, I, who she called. Yeah. I'm not even sure that this isn't a put on. Like, oh, she didn't actually call the IRS. She just called one of the, I don't know, film students or whatever. <laughs> I was thinking it might be one of the film students, but the cadence was pretty good. I don't know. It was. It seemed legit, and that's why it works. But, and I guess ultimately it doesn't matter, right? Either one would serve the same purpose. Right. It was the stick. Yeah. It was just the stick to say, we know that you are actively engaging in criminal activity right now, and we will absolutely expose you if you try to expose us Mm -hmm. so take that chop chop it's also very deliciously uh perfect that you know we talked about this inflatable um and how he got the idea here but now Mm -hmm. finding out that they're tax cheats yeah just how like dishonest and shitty they are for jimmy to adopt something from their (laughs) image is even more perfect that's true i hadn't thought about that angle Yeah. yeah The the shyster angle. Mm-hmm. Shysters, all of them. And there's that line from Jimmy too, uh, Wolves and Sheep at the end, which having done a complete rewatch, I'm not sure I would have remembered this had mm-hmm. I not watched this in the last month. Um, but that line is directly from the episode where we flash back to Jimmy's childhood mm-hmm. and he's at the general store or whatever, corner store, corner store that his dad yeah. owns and his dad gets scammed. And the guy who scams him takes the money he scammed from his dad, buys cigarettes at his store with him, <laughs> yeah. and then tells Jimmy, like, the world's full of wolves and sheep. Uh, you're either going to be a wolf or you're going to get eaten or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's a direct reference to that. And you can tell in Jimmy's demeanor here, like, he gets what Kim's doing, but he also feels bad about it now. She looks, she looks a lot like a wolf to him yeah. in that moment. And it's funny that he would feel any kind of way about that when he has been a wolf this entire time oh totally and so the like, sheep oh, that she she's eating are pieces of shit yeah right? they're, like, and the they're not they're not sheep they're just bad wolves they're lame wolves right right they're lame boring wolves so yeah. like what are you even doing jimmy what's between a sheep and a wolf a shulf well or a, like or a, a real weak. animal that's like halfway between the ferocity of a sheep and the ferocity of a wolf <laughs> <laughs> who would win in a fight between no Joking. A sheep dog? A sheep dog. That's halfway between a sheep and a wolf. <laughs> yeah, okay. 
<laughs> that mm, all right i'll give it to you just because i can't think of anything better yeah i like it anyway who drives after them at the end because the who? very last shot is yes. some mike looking car right some big it's boat, an old car boxy boat of a car yeah. but it's very it's in good shape and uh-huh. the person driving it is tall that's all i got was it the woman who was leaving as they were entering it didn't Had she leave. just gotten in her car and just got her keys out of her purse like 10 minutes <laughs> later because she was moving so slow i see i see what you're doing no i don't think it was her because that car didn't leave from the parking lot it was like parked right. somewhere else obviously watching them so who yeah. who is on to them i Wallow. Wallow. uh already he's north again he Maybe went south to go north. He, he gotta get down <laughs> to get up is what they say. It's not true. I say the opposite. Uh, I well, I was thinking. Okay, maybe it's Lalo, and maybe the proof is Jimmy. Right? He can connect directly connect them to Gus, but I'm not sure he can. Hmm. Also, you're right. Like Lalo went south. So who the hell is it? Would Gus have somebody on? Do you think it could be? Do you think Howard's already onto them and following them? Is that oh, a ridiculous theory? Really? Yeah. Got a PI or something? I mean, like we've been saying, Howard's Ernie. too smart and too no, Ernie hateful. Got fired. Yeah, our Ernie got fired and also he drives a a car that could not be more different from that car. That's <laughs> true, yeah. He drives uh, some a, Tokyo drift. A family stuff. sedan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. Yep. Family drives a white suv <laughs> oh family i get it god <laughs> yeah, sorry no that you're... was that was a really subtle joke it's good the the voice at the end mm-hmm. I, I caught up with you what were you gonna say sorry i derailed <laughs> you with ernie you were talking about howard like being on to them maybe oh yeah no because he is he's too smart and he's too suspicious of jimmy because jimmy keeps coming after him so right. why would he not just immediately think god damn it jimmy is coming after me again for some reason right right when i'm trying to get my shit back together and there is like a moment when howard considers the cocaine the, when mm-hmm. it falls out of his locker last episode yeah he like just kind of looks into the middle distance and that always that's always the sign that like somebody's thinking right and, or <laughs> yeah. has like an idea <laughs> right that's the um, shorthand yeah so he might have been on to jimmy just immediately like oh coke falls out of my locker Right in front of Cliff. Mm-hmm. What a coincidence. Right. Jimmy. You could be right. That could be somebody from Howard. That would be, or at least Howard immediately suspecting Jimmy would be my suspicion. Yeah. Because of all their history. Makes sense. Yeah. We'll see. We will see. Is there anything else that you would like to say about this final wonderful scene? Uh, I don't think so. Um, we did not gather up feedback. Because we could not. Because logistics. Because time. I mean, time and money. <laughs> money? <laughs> yeah. We could have paid somebody to do it, and we didn't. <laughs> Do you hear that? You could have been getting paid this whole time, and you've been doing it for free. You oh, could have gotten paid. suckers. Me? You've been doing it for free, you sucker. <laughs> oh, no. I'm the sucker. <laughs> yeah. It is I who has sucked. No. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so we do not have feedback. We will be doing feedback for next episode, though. I promise. There won't be... Well, if people write in, we'll be doing feedback. That's on you. We don't control that. That's true. And if you'd like to send feedback, you can do so at bcs at baldmove.com. 
That's the abbreviation for better cast and or call Saul. Also beneath ceaseless skies, but we are not affiliated. Carry also, on. Butter carrot soup. Butter carrot soup, just like mama used to make. Yeah, that's the mnemonic <laughs> device for right the better call Saul email. Mm-hmm. Butter carrot soup. Butter carrot so soup. Just remember that butter carrot soup at ballmove.com. And I guess we'll see you guys next week. We will see you next week, whether you want to or not. Till then. Till then. I'm Jim. I'm Alexis. See ya. Bye.